two people come into conflict and and you if if you have this mature masculine thing you're comfortable enough with the conflict to stay in the conflict to stand up for yourself but also to listen to the other person because you're you're not so immature that you just have to silence the other person you can listen to the other person but you can still stand up for yourself and you can think calmly and clearly enough to like treat that other person as another person, battle with them ideologically, but then come out the other side, maybe having learned something or maybe having had your two ideas come together and grow a third, as opposed to the immature thing of like, no, fuck you, you're wrong. No, fuck you, you're wrong. And then we leave, which I think comes from an immature lack of ability to be in conflict with a person. That's sportsmanship. That That's, you know... Being able to say, oh, wow, you you beat me. I lost. And I'll learn from that. And that, totally. that's cool. That's, you know, that that's it's hard. It's really hard to do that, too. But I think like the more you can force yourself to do that, the more the good side of your aggression and masculinity will will be cultivated. We now bring you into the Freud. This is for entertainment purposes only. It is no way medical advice. How'd you end up in Boulder? Uh, Short answer, school. Uh, But, you know, I had a kind of a weird academic trajectory. I uh, got my degree in philosophy at UC Berkeley and kind of started panicking my last year, realizing I'm not going to be able to do anything with it. (laughs) Um, And... I, I had some friends that were in computer science and they were like, oh, give coding a try. And uh, I tried it out and I kind of liked it. And I was like, okay, let me go to the uh, academic advisor and tell them I want to double major or switch majors. And they were like, no, you've been here long enough. You got to get out. Um, so I was looking at coding boot camps or whether I just self-study and figure it out on my own. Um, uh, my girlfriend was at a school she didn't really like all that much. So she was thinking about transferring. And uh, we found out that CU Boulder had a program uh, for like a post back computer science program. So something for me, as well as programs she liked too. I see. And so is and now, that now you, I'm is, done. And do you do, is that what you do for work now is coding? Yeah. Software engineering. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. And then the other thing that I am interested in is you, you're also a pretty serious fighter. Like you've done that a lot, I'm assuming. Porn sent me some picture of you like having won like a gold medal for something. I wouldn't say a serious fighter, but I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, you must be serious if you do tournaments. And in one of the tournaments, it looks like you won first place. Yeah. No, I had a good day that day. <laughs> <laughs> It's better than the other guys. <laughs> and okay, so I think this could be a good segue to what we're tr- talking about today. I have this theory um, because I, a lot of the people I've known who've done martial arts or boxing or MMA or whatever it is um, experienced some, I, I, I hate to make this overgeneralization, but experienced like violence or Sometimes they'll have a dad that is like super aggressive and kind of scary or grew up in violence. In your guys' case, you guys grew up in these Indian boarding schools where there was a lot of violence. I had another friend. I have a couple friends who just had a dad that was just kind of like had a scary temper. And a lot of these people then later in their young adulthood get into various martial arts or fighting. And it sort of seems like it's a natural way on one level for them to sort of build up their strength and self-defense to feel safe. But then my, uh, my other theory is kind of a way to like get, almost like return to the scene of the crime, but now in a way where it feels safer and where they can like find mastery. Um, and so given what we were talking about last week, it sort of seems like, well, both of you guys, um, I, I would sort of theorize have that to some degree. Um, yeah, it totally is a way to kind of, um, 
I don't, I wasn't, when I started, it wasn't the conscious intention, but I totally realized, yeah, this is totally a way for me to reclaim a sense of power that I, that was lost during the time where I was getting beaten. Um, and like you said, in a safe environment, it, like there's, 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 um, it feels good to win matches. It feels good to win a medal, but there's not like one of the best feelings I've had in jujitsu is uh, uh, my coach, uh, or I lost a match and my coach said, oh, good job, I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. And to hear that after losing was like, I mean, I, I um, like I almost get choked up thinking about that because that was exactly what was missing when I was getting beat up as a kid um, and that hearing that from my coach was like, uh, a just total confirmation that this is, this isn't, you know, us beating, this isn't beating people up to try and climb to the top of the totem pole and avoid falling to the bottom. Um, this is about something way way more important than that and let's see if we can put words to what that the thing is that's way more important than that i I think i think um so one if you feel like you you have lost a sense of power or control over yourself or your life i think it's a way of reclaiming that um I, i think it's a way to to it, it, it's a, a form of self-empowerment. I think um, it's also an outlet. Like if you're training regular, like there, I had a bad day at work Monday and was all frustrated. And uh, I was like, am I going to be, I was like, God damn it. I'm going to, I started getting pissed off about how I was pissed off. And I was like, oh man, this is going to like, is this going to mess with my sleep? Um I went and I trained and just it totally switched my perspective. I came out of it feeling better. Um, so I, I think uh, and, and, and as far as like more evidence that I think people who've had a certain background gravitate towards it. Um, last podcast, I talked about you know, some of the situations my, my peers and I experienced in India, uh, two of those peers also ended up doing jujitsu for a pretty long time. One of them still does it. Um, it's, uh, it's, you know, you're not getting punched or hitting people. So it's, you're, you're not accumulating brain damage while doing it too. So I think that makes it, um, maybe one of the safest ways of, of getting that outlet or getting that experience. But yeah, totally. I think, I think it's totally a, 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 uh, a therapeutic experience. Yeah. Uh, I just, let me kind of repeat or highlight one of the key things you said, because I was like, okay, so what's, you said, it's not about trying to climb to the top. It's about something more important And I was like, all right, let's try to put our finger on that. And my, uh, attempt to sort of repeat or reframe what you said. Well, here's my interpretation is that life oftentimes is a battle and whether it's a battle in a martial arts gym or in a boxing ring or whether it's a battle in an Indian boarding school where there's no supervision. So the kids are beating the shit out of each other or whether it's a battle, um, economically to try to just like work enough to like make enough money to have a house and raise kids or whether it's a battle to like try to like deal with this fucked up world we live in and make sense of what the hell America is doing in the 21st century. It's a battle on every front and every day, every human wakes up and has to sort of like face the battle of life. Um, And it's hard. And we oftentimes are just like, plodding through as the world is like dealing as blows. Um, 
And in one sense, we can see that the meaning of life is to fight and win the battle. But you sort of said, no, no, it's not about that. The other thing you said is about um, kind of my interpretation was it's about like humans gathering together and like supporting each other and like being there for you and giving support or compassion or love or encouragement. And so when your coach is like, hey, man, I'm proud of you. Nice job. Even though you, quote, lost, it was like, wow, that was more valuable than winning. Um, Okay, so the reason I'm saying this is I'm kind of trying to uh, segue into what we were talking about or what we had planned to talk about today, which is like, Mm -hmm. what's toxic masculinity and what's non-toxic masculinity? And when I was thinking about that, I wanted to add in this, I think, closely related question that no one ever talks about, but what's toxic femininity and what's non-toxic femininity? Um, Because I think if we we could put that into a quadrant, toxic, non-toxic, masculinity, femininity, I think that this um, uh, differentiation between trying to win in life or win in MMA, that's like a masculine goal. Whereas trying to like band together in support and love and in like a supportive community, that's a feminine goal. And I think both of those goals are um, valuable. And uh, for you, you you kind of went into this masculine sphere of an MMA tournament. But what was more important is this like uh, uh, acceptance and love and connection and affirmation from other people, which completely makes sense to me. So anyways, that's, uh, okay. I just so, heard that. That's cool. That sets up a little framework for what we're going to do, right? So, um, but okay, I, I'm going to force you guys to, rather than just stay in this theoretical conversation that everyone has done a hundred times, talking about which qualities are masculine, which ones are feminine, which of these human capacities are toxic, which I got really like, thrown off by this thing of toxic. I'm like, toxic is not a clinical term. Stop saying this. Stop <laughs> pretending. Stop. It, it's not a, it's not a research term. It isn't a, a psychological term. It's like, and, and, and then I just stumbled upon such a weird thing that like, that this men's crisis has been going on or the recognition of it has been going on since the 1980s. And then here's what, here's what I thought was really fascinating is it started with your buddies in San Francisco, Dave, that like Richard Tarnas and the guys at Esalen are responsible for that fucking term, toxic masculinity. Uh-huh. I, I didn't realize it's a Jungian concept where they were attempting to bring in the the um, archetypes, um, but but they had some some weird term for what they were. It was like, uh, what I, I don't, I don't even remember at the moment, but, but so it's really fascinating that, that your favorite professors back in San Francisco were somewhat responsible for yep. the, the initiating of men's groups. And this is in the 1980s. Right. And, um, so that's 40 years ago. And then here we are. And, and I was just a little concerned that today the, the, the term toxic masculinity is going to get lost into other bullshit terms like defund the police or fucking white silence is violence. Just like, like shit that, that in five years, everyone is going to say, wow, that was fucking preposterous. Right. Those, those concepts are, are nonsense. So I, my intention here is to force you guys to actually talk about what you do as, as guys. And then, which parts of that is fucking rad, right? Along with, then we should stick with your your quadrant model. Well, we right? just, I think we have to define what is toxic masculinity and then what's non-toxic masculinity or what's like valuable, healthy, um, you know, good masculinity. Well, so on, on the way into the office, I was, I was walking in with Romeo and I, I see this little earthworm who had crawled onto the concrete and he's right in the sun. And I'm just looking at him. I'm like, bro, you have like five minutes before you're done. And so I throw him into the grass and then I, th- and I go along and I'm like, hey, little earthworm buddy. And I'm like, that's non-toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> Does that count 
as non-toxic masculinity? That's my question to you guys. And if it does, why? What What did I just do? Um, I don't know. That might be that reaching out and care and compassion. I don't know. I wouldn't call that masculinity necessarily. I wouldn't say it's not masculinity, but it's sort of like if you were going to, if you were going to save something and you had to like go to battle to save it, then that would be a masculine thing. Whereas if you had to save something, but you just needed to like nurture it and hold it and give it compassion, that would feel me, that would feel more like a feminine thing. So you're basically See, saying porn is feminine. <laughs> yes. yes. You know, you know, nurse the earthworm back to hell. <laughs> in a way, this is what happens when anyone tries to have this conversation, which is why I think it's just like so important to then have like just a constant back and forth to really what are we doing every day? Right. right. Like, okay. Girl, let me let me give a, a different example that we can slice and dice. Um, okay. So he, uh, I'll, I'll try. Let me try to do all four of the quadrants real quick. Uh, kid comes down. A first grader comes down. Like the second day of school, and is like, "Dad." And and again, masculine and feminine can be in any gender. Um, and is like, "Dad, I don't want to go to school today. School yesterday was so hard. It was scary. This there's a kid there who's mean to me. I don't want to go." Okay, so here's a toxic masculine response. You fucking pussy. I'm fucking ashamed of you. You're a fucking pussy. Don't ever show me that shit again. Get to fucking school, you fucking pussy. Okay, yeah. so that's a, that's a toxic masculine response. Here's a toxic feminine response. Oh, sweetie, I'm so sorry that happened to you. You don't have to go to school because no one should ever be mean to my little boy. That's okay. a toxic feminine response. Both of those responses are bad for the kid and are going to fuck the kid up. Why is it bad? What, 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 just go into that tiny bit of, this is just bad parenting, right? Right. And, and what happens to the kid? Why is that wrong? Well, the toxic feminine response um, doesn't allow the kid to get in touch with his strength, doesn't allow the kid the ability to like, um, learn to tolerate difficulties that doesn't help the kid like deal with the battle of life. And it doesn't, it's not helpful to the kid in any ways. And it's going to help the kid identify with this victim-y, weak, I can always escape things. I can always kind of like sink down into victimness and the world will accommodate me. That's what the toxic feminine but thing does. Isn't that due to a misattunement to the child? Like, both of those situations, the parent comes in and imposes some some odd, odd um, reaction to, to the scenario. They're yeah. imposing something that is not in alignment with with what? What what is that? Well, it's just I actually think it's I don't really want to be too critical of parents because I think it's kind of tricky what this kid needs. I mean, what the kid needs is obvious to me. And I, I wish it was obvious to all parents, but these two toxic responses are really fucking common. So it's not that obvious. So I, I sort of think that historically, developmentally, we, we've humans have arrived at this historical point where we now have to consciously figure out what response a kid needs to grow into a healthy, mature adult and it's not always obvious. And a lot of people intuitively slip off into a fucked up bad response. And so I don't know if it's education or what, but we need to like figure out how to parent properly and like get parents to parent properly because it's not it's, it's not happening way more often than it, uh, we would like. So so then how do we then finish the quadrants with the Okay, so so let's do healthy masculinity and healthy femininity. The healthy masculinity is like, oh, hey, buddy, I'm so sorry you had a um, rough day at school yesterday. Um, let's think about how we're going to get through it today because, like, you can go and, and you can get through this. I, I believe in you. You can do this. And here's some ideas as to how um, you're going to be able to get through the day at school. And then let's say the kid is like, no, but I, I, I don't want to go. I'm not going to do it, Dad. I can't. Then Dad can be like, yeah, I know it's scary, but um, we're going to have to figure out a way for you to go to school and get through school because like you totally can do it. So I'm going to help you figure out a way to do it. Okay, okay. So that's like a 
healthy masculine response. And then the healthy feminine response would be, actually, I kind of did it a little bit already in the healthy masculine. And probably that, I think what's healthy about masculinity and femininity is if it integrates the other. I think it gets toxic mm-hmm. if it n- totally doesn't integrate the other, is my theory. But so the healthy, feminine, the healthy feminine is like, oh, sweetie, come here and tell me what happened yesterday. And the kid so is like, oh, oh, this happened, this happened. And the healthy feminine response is like, oh, man, that sounds really scary. I'm so sorry you had to deal with that. And like holds him, pets his back, and just like lets him totally express and vent. And just like empathizes and holds him without getting him to identify with the victim he can never do this again just like hold space for the pain and is like yeah man that's really scary i can see how you'd be scared to go back to school yeah that was great that that, that was awesome um a, a thing um a, or a, a, like those examples were perfect i agree with them gerhard what do you think about that uh, I I totally agree. I think um, I I think healthy masculinity is a, or 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 what Dave highlighted is that you um, it, it's about either finding in yourself or encouraging others to be stronger in the face of some sort of hardship and uh, without without being abusive towards them. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's actually pretty simple. I, I, I think uh, a lot of this stuff is actually pretty simple. Uh, the examples highlight it. I, I, I think it's, I think it's kind of odd that our society is as confused about this as it is too. I mean, maybe, maybe it's not that simple. Um, but I don't know what, I, I mean, I, I don't know why I think it's so simple, well, but, so but to it, me, it seems like, to me, it seems like, uh, yeah, just, you know, it's, it's, it's extremely important for people to cultivate strength so that they can go through hardship. There's never, we're we're in a weird space right now and it may just be temporary where our lives are incredibly easy and we don't really have much hardship um and a lot of people think you it, it almost seems like a lot of people think you don't need that kind of strength um or you don't need masculinity um i don't know i'm kind of going on a tangent what were you about to say porn well i'm just trying to get back to this this great example of you you doing the sport of jujitsu and then having this kind of like almost restorative experience with your coach coming in. And then I'm wondering, do you connect with the other fighters? Like your the guys you roll with, the 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 guys you compete against? Do you feel a sense of connection? Because a lot of what's being said is as as toxic masculinity occurs, then you become rogue. And then you become like isolated, blah, 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 terrible things happen to men. And I'm wondering about this experience that, that you're, you're frequenting. Is that giving you this, a, a type of connection to men? I think like absolutely um, in both competition and training at my own gym, the people that you train with become your friends. Um, in, in, I mean, just in order to survive doing jujitsu for seven years, you need to know how to take a beating from a training partner and give them a hug afterwards. Otherwise, you know what I mean? Like you need to learn how to how to uh, give a beating to someone less experienced and then explain to them what they did wrong and know how to not hurt them Um and then in the context of competition, I, I think sportsmanship is uh, one of the most important aspects of like the good side of masculinity. Whether I win or lose, I like I, I would be mo- like I would be the most disgusted with myself if I couldn't shake my hands and say something nice to the person I fought, win or lose. Like that's 
I think kind of the most important thing. Um, and I, I even, um, like I even talked to my girlfriend about this and she, she even was like, yeah, I don't care if you win or lose. What would really like be unattractive is if you acted like a poor sport, Yeah. because I don't give a shit if you win or lose. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's, I think, uh, I think there's something, you know, evolutionary about, uh, or, or there's something about masculinity that has to do with sportsmanship and cooperation. I don't think it's just a, a, a it's not necessarily a, uh, uh, I, I think when you were sketching out the quadrant, Dave, you were talking about how kind of cooperative things are more on the feminine side. I think in some contexts, yeah, but I also think there's a certain type of cooperation, um, sportsmanship, like there, there's a certain type of cooperation where that's specifically masculine, where you can be in a competitive context, but have tons of respect for the people you're competing with and appreciate that you're all helping each other grow. Um, and to your point about or, 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 or related to the little kid example who doesn't want to go to school, I mean, um, I've had to question whether or not I want to continue competing. I get horrible anxiety before competing. Um, just the week before everything that can go wrong goes through my head and I have to remind myself it's not India. I'm not going to get knocked down the totem pole for losing this. It's not, I'm not going to, this isn't going to be a humiliation experience. I have to kind of calm myself down. Um, and there's a limit to how much I can calm myself down, even if I'm, going through the the right process um uh uh that competition that i i won recently was one of the few that i've actually like gotten a eight hour night of sleep before um so i've had to question do i want to keep doing this and i think um uh it, it's a tricky balance uh too but like if I decide, if I'm going to force myself to do a competition um, and in my mind, I'm telling myself I'm a pussy if I don't do it. And if I can't frame that in any other way than that, then it might not really be a masculine thing for me to be like, okay, I'm going to do this or I'm a pussy. And maybe the masculine thing is saying, okay, I'm stepping away from this until I can figure out a better way to relate to it, or I'm stepping away from this. It's not a necessary hardship either. I'm not getting paid to do it. This isn't school where you have to go to school. Uh, I'm not quitting the martial art either if I don't compete. Um, so th I think that's an important thing too. Like if there are things in your life that you can't frame them in a way where I do it or I'm a pussy, um, it might not that that's I don't think that's a masculine way to to approach a, a problem or hardship. Um, but I do think it is important wherever you can, if you can reframe, if there's something that's important to you and there's an obstacle obstacle in the way and you can frame things in your mind in a healthy way to overcome that obstacle. I think that's that's something that's really important. I think that's something lacking in a lot of people. Yep, totally. Uh, you said a few different things there. I just want to go back to like mm -hmm. one of the first things you said because I really, it intrigues me. I've always loved that aspect of fighting. You, these days you see it a lot in MMA where it's just a brutal, bloody battle and it looks like the two people are trying to kill each other and at the end they like are hugging and like they're yeah. best buddies. And it's, it's such a shocking and kind of beautiful experience. Um, and then I, and then this past weekend I was over at, um, a family gathering and there was these two young dogs there and they started playing, but it was brutal. And my niece who's four got scared and she was like, mama, are they fighting? And their mom was like, no, no, they're just playing. And they, and you know, they go at it pretty hard, but it's just like play. And it sort of seemed similar to me. And then occasionally one of them goes a little too hard and then the other one is like, bah! and then you clearly, they shift into actual 
fight mode. And then they sort of back off and respect each other. And then eventually they'll start playing together. And I was kind of like, oh, this is a, like a natural evolutionary thing in humans. We've been doing this for millions of years. Yeah, you guys, what is, I think you're talking about some form of advanced relationship to aggression. This, yeah. and, and this is really important because one of the top things that people will say the problem with masculinity is aggression. Like those, the, it's in the top three. Oh, competitiveness, homophobia, and aggression. And I'm yep. like, okay, well, well, that's a silly thing to say unless you're going to qualify like this conversation is very, very specific into what is a mature relationship to aggression expressed specifically in a sport right like that specifically in this way and 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 i think that's it's really important to point out like gerhard's example is is fantastic it it, it illuminates the the fact that you can go from a, a state of being confronted with terror in violence and then later on mature into a a relationship with with real aggression and that then becomes a a strange way to to relate to other human beings do you, you guys with me oh, on I, this? I totally agree i think it's super important i think to have healthy masculinity which is similar to have mature masculinity you have to get into explore get in touch with, get familiar with the world of aggression. And um, that's tricky. And I think too often now there's the label toxic masculinity is used for anything aggressive. And I think that's a huge mistake. I actually think that's part of toxic femininity where they see any aggression is bad. I think that's a toxic feminine thing. And I think it's more and more common in our culture that this the, the toxic feminine culture is just trying to whitewash all aggression as bad. Uh, and if, if, if you're raised in a home or raised by people where being aggressive is scary so it's never allowed, then you're never going to develop mature masculinity. And I think that's a big part of what's wrong in our culture right now. Wow. Do you think, like, one of the most... I, or I, I think one of the most fundamental, thing that, fundamental things that comes out of learning how to have a mature relationship with aggression... Is just knowing how to stand up for yourself and even in the kind of um i don't know kind of cushy lifestyle we live in the western western world uh in right now like that's still something super important you've got to stand up for yourself in relationships at the workplace in friendships like um that, that, that's just crucial. Like, you need that. Otherwise, you can't really flourish in life, I think. Totally. You, you'll get steamrolled by the world if you can't do yeah. that. Yeah. And, and then I think um, this part of this uh, maybe toxin, ah, toxic feminine um, uh, aspect of our culture is this uh, just kind of putting guardrails on everything and putting guardrails on language or speech. And it's kind of weird because I don't know if this up and coming generation of young guys is growing up with, uh, if they, if they, if they're learned, so you were talking about how dogs, they spar with each other. So they learn what the limits are and so that they know how to defend themselves. And, um, Growing up in India, but, uh, you know, my friends who didn't grow up in India, a lot of them, guys give each other shit. Like, that's that's a way that we bond with each other. Like, you know, you're that, like that. That was a way I knew someone was my friend as if they were giving me shit. Um, what are you talking about giving shit? What are you saying? Oh, just, you know, like I I, I said you were feminine earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In the yeah. podcast. Like, <laughs> and, and, and we, we do that not because we're trying to like it's it, it's a it's a it's a fine line to walk and you don't want to cross the line, but it is important because we learn how to kind of, we, we knock each other down a peg a little bit so that we don't like get too big of a head sometimes. 
but also we kind of like learn how to deal insults and how to uh, have quick comebacks. It's kind of like sparring in that way. And you learn not, you learn to let things roll off your shoulders too. With yeah, that. totally. It, it, it's, it's, um, I think that's one of like a, a very human equivalent to the, to the dogs, totally you know, puppies sparring type of thing. Totally. Um, do you guys, do you guys mind if I go to bat for the, the toxic feminine thing? Because I, I'm, I think this, this, what you said, Dave, about that, that like the, where we are headed is some kind of a, a, a merger of the two. And I think that, that like, like women are extremely fucking aggressive, extremely aggressive. And, and they just express it in a very different way. And so like, it, it would be great for us to figure out how to ha how to share the things that we have learned as men growing growing through history because guys we do have some really awesome capacities to like i have this weird fucking superpower where i can go into any gym and and i can see a dude who's who's doing some workout i go up right next to him and literally just stand there and be like oh okay you're 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 going like this you're you're, you're taking that plate going like this because you want to hit these fronts right here and and the dude will instantly be like Bro, oh, dude, okay, hold on. Here's what I do. Here's what I do. You gotta go like this, right? You go, you go, oh, oh. You feel, and then I'll, gra I'll grab, then I'll grab a plate, and I'll be like, I'll be like, what's up? What's up? Like this, and it'll be like, oh shit, you got that, bro. Look at that. Look at that. I can do that instantly, anytime, all the time. Totally. Right? Like, what is that? This is some kind of thing where it doesn't take much, and and because in the world. To break that barrier of in-group versus out-group, where you can you can't just walk up to people and have contact with them. But because I'm a dude, and if I'm in a gym, I work out, and I, like that that's all I need to break the entire barrier of we are we are strangers. Don't fucking talk to me. Who the fuck yeah. are you? Yeah. Like all of that goes away. Whoop, and yeah. then instantly we are now in contact, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's an amazing quality that is the result of this, this historic masculine acculturation, yep. right? And I'm just using it as a, a super weird tool to then break code and make contact. Yeah, and so that, let me just throw this contrast in there because I think what you're, what you're saying is really interesting to me. If you were at the grocery store I don't really think there's any way to do the same thing. If you walk, if a guy's looking at cantaloupes and you walked over and were like, oh yeah, you got a technique for finding the best cantaloupe. I, I think the person, it, it wouldn't be the same. They, you wouldn't instantly bond. Or so even look, if you're, even if you're out for a jog, which it seems really similar. If you're out for a jog and you jogged right up next to a dude and said a something like, Oh, I see you got the new shoes on or, Oh, I like your tech. Same thing. It would be a little like not quite right. So what is it about the thing at the gym and what, what places have that and don't? And I do think it has to do with like a warrior tribe thing more where that oh, happens. Yeah. Oh yeah, like in the surfing world, let me ex let me explain how unbelievable it, how it's even easier, right? If if I, if I walk up and I see someone is is riding a JS model board, right? I, I see that and and I ride those boards, right? I'll walk up to him and just be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I have this I have the same board in a five eight, which that just indicates that I may rip little harder than you or, or whatever. I, I just say like a small, a small comment like that. And the person will instantly just be like, Oh dude, I love this board. Yeah, and then yeah. they'll just want to tell me about how it functions. Oh, yeah, yeah. when this one, ha like ha it has so much speed when I'm in the pocket, like I'm able to pull off this, this and that. They instantly want to explain to me how, and then boom, we're, we are in a conversation that is, aligning absolutely instead of like yeah. like oh don't talk like who the fuck are you trying to trying to talk to me yeah it, like that tribe of surfing yeah. is is 
super easily identifiable. Yeah. Um, so, th so there, there's, there is. I think we're pointing to to something really, really excellent about about the way that we connect. Um, all right, let me. I want to say something. I feel like this is connected, but I don't know. But I want to go back to what Gerhar was saying. So Gerhar said, um, he, "Well, he, I think he was. He said one very important thing, and then I think he was starting to say a second one. I want to see if I can try to uh, uh, finish this idea. Okay. So the first thing he said is that aggression um, is important because it gives you the ability to stand up for yourself, which is totally true. I actually tell my patients that all the time. Patients who are like at odds with anger or aggression, I'm like, no, you need it." to have strength to stand up for yourself. So that's super true. Okay, but then Gerhar was going on to talk about um, how dogs fighting or us sparring, there's some sort of like um, ability to like get roll with difficulty or um, accept each other and even be friends. And it's again, it's kind of like this hugging after an MMA fight. And here's my thought about that. And I, I think this is a similar thing as Parnum was just talking about. But here's my thought of taking it to that, the next level. I think aggression or conflict or sparring, what I hope that it could be another extremely valuable thing is two people come into conflict and, and you, if, if you have this mature masculine thing, you're comfortable enough with the conflict to stay in the conflict to stand up for yourself, but also to listen to the other person. Because you're, you're not so immature that you just have to silence the other person. You can listen to the other person, but you can still stand up for yourself. And you can think calmly and clearly enough to like treat that other person as another person, battle with them ideologically, but then come out the other side, maybe having learned something or maybe having had your two ideas come together and grow a third, as opposed to the immature thing of like, no, fuck you, you're wrong. No, fuck you, you're wrong. And then we leave, which I think comes from an immature lack of ability to be in conflict with a person. That's sportsmanship. That That's, you know, being able to say, oh, wow, you, you beat me. I lost. And I'll learn from that. And that, totally. that's cool. That's, you know, that uh, that's... It's hard. It's really hard to do that, too. But I think like the more you can force yourself to do that, the more the good side of your aggression and masculinity will will be cultivated. Totally. I like to use that word sportsmanship to describe it. It made me think. So when you see an MMA fight, occasionally you see a fight where at the end the fighters don't. And, and you can kind of tell it's usually one of them has some ego problem. Like Conor McGregor comes to mind where sometimes you can tell his ego gets the best of him and he goes off and he looks really immature when that happens. And he's 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 lacking sportsmanship in that moment. And kind of like your girlfriend said, you Gerhar, that's almost the worst outcome. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and it part of the problem with MMA is it's not completely honest too i mean to sell tickets they have to create drama before the fight hmm. to, i don't know to what extent the drama after the fight is also part of the show but you're you're totally right that he's an example of somebody who when he loses usually doesn't take it very well mm -hmm. um and i mean he he's on a bit of a downward swing right now part of that could be because of age i think he's come back from a torn ACL. These are things that, that can screw you up. But I mean, uh, he hasn't shown a lot of growth in terms of his skill set over the past five years either. That that's to me, that's typical of the ego problem, typical of, uh, you know, part, part of good sportsmanship is being able to let go of your ego so that you can grow. And, uh, yeah, the ego problem holds you back too. It doesn't you, you really guys, make you, guys you keep, better. You keep saying ego problem. What is that? It's it, the ego problem we're talking about is the same thing as Gerhard said. Is this lack of sportsmanship? Is you get into a conflict with someone, and your ego's not strong enough to tolerate um, the other person besting you a little bit. 
So if the other person starts to best you, you start to be like, fuck, that fucker's cheating. Or, or if it's, a, if it's just an ideological argument or like a political argument, you start to be like, no, you're wrong. You're fucking stupid. And, and so you regress into this like emotional, um, immature place where you can't hear the other person. You can't acknowledge their truths and you can't learn from the conflict. You can't tolerate the conflict. And I think it's, I think it's key. I think America is really lacking sportsmanship, say like in the political arena or the sociological arena. But you keep, you, you keep referring to maturity as well. And so then I'm wondering, are you guys talking about something that, because Gerhard, you're saying, oh, this sportsmanship is cultivated through trial and error, trial and error, right? Like, and, and lots and lots of rinse and repeat. And then, and then I think like, well, if the if you as a human being are are not doing this cultivation then will you never mature and and what is this what is this thing maturity that we're talking about that cuz it it seems that's where where the conversation is headed right yeah and okay so let me try to give a simple uh response what is maturity with regards to this ego idea it's your sense of self through sparring and we can think about two puppies fighting or people rolling on the mat in MMA or um, like the examples we give where boys were kind of like talking shit with each other or just all these kinds of um, little mini kind of safe and fun and loving battles that ideally a young kid goes through and through that repeated exposure to many battles in life you develop kind of like a strength and resilience and you can tolerate attacks and wounds because your ego is mature enough and strong enough to to maintain integrity even when it loses little battles or even when it's a little bit wrong and you have this sense that the other person is a respectable opponent and i'm going to respect them and sometimes that person will beat me or sometimes they'll know something I don't. Sometimes I'll be wrong, but that's okay. I can tolerate it and I'm going to listen to them because sometimes I'll be right and I'll best them. And even if I lose or I'm wrong, my coach still loves me. So it's okay that I'm wrong in this argument and I'll actually be able to listen to my opponent and learn from him. And who knows why we're lacking that these days, but I think we're really lacking it. And it could be that it's because it's, a growth of toxic femininity in our culture that isn't exposing us to hardship or to sparring or to ideological battles or to the coach telling us that we did a good job even when we lost. It could wow. just be the, the pendulum effect, though, of uh, millennia of uh, the the toxic variety of masculinity, men dominating society, dominating women, and just throwing the baby out with the bathwater. That's yeah. I that, think that, that, that I think that's true. Yeah. Yeah. One way I look at that is that the sort of Darwinian principle of survival of the fittest, like the 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 fish with the biggest teeth sort of won and moved forward. And that's been happening from, you know, bacteria all the way to civilizations. And so this masculine principle of of kill or be killed has just been the dominant principle for billions of years. And at some point in the 20th century, humans started to be like, fuck that. That's fucking lame. Why does, why is it kill or be killed? Why does the bigger dude with the bigger gun always get his way? And now there's a pendulum swing to the other side to try to like, counterbalance that yeah and there's go for it well there's some truth to there's truth to like you know fuck the biggest guy being the most dominant there's absolutely truth to that because you know we're not a strong animal (laughs) we're actually a pretty weak animal we don't have we don't have impressive claws or teeth or anything it's us being smart and being able to cooperate in large groups that that leads to our success. So I think yeah. that's important too. Yeah. It, it yeah. So, what were you so, going to say, Warren? Yeah. Are you guys like because as as you make this so so much more clear where we where we have arrived, and then it's like 
what, what do you what do you think is is going to happen? What, what as a result of this pendulum swinging, right? Are are we going to end up with like uh, the next ten years? Like like if we we're, if we we're if this is the stock market, are we are we looking at some kind of a trend? <laughs> where, where it, it's going to we're. We're looking at some kind of a, a crypto winter here. Where I, we're I do- kind of think so. Yeah, I think we're what? it's a it's a corrective it's a corrective uh, downturn right now. <laughs> but so then, what do you do? You think it is possible to then estimate like what is the what what the hell? Let's just use our imagination. What would happen that would that would cause us as a as a species as, as human beings to to move forward in 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 a in a way that is desirable what what does that look like it's probably a big ass question but whatever are you saying what what would be the tipping point for our society to recognize that we need to embrace the good sides of masculinity or are you talking about okay we've recognized that we need to do that what do we do to cultivate I yeah, both, both, both I, of those. Yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll let me state the question I think you're asking, and then here's my speculative answer: Is Parn's asking if we've um, okay? So there was this like trajectory of uh, the strong get stronger, or the Darwinian principle, or kill or be killed. This sort of helped life and eventually humans sort of rise up. And then there was this pendulum swing towards like, whoa, that went too far, which seems necessary. But it also feels like part of the pendulum swing was this downturn. And it sort of feels like whether it's um, humans' inability to get along. It does feel like right now in 2022, there's this like conflictual downturn. It could even just be economic. And so Porin's question is like, what's it going to take to regain I think there's a a learning that needs to happen. And I think typically biological organisms, we learn pain is the thing that helps us learn. If you put your hand on a hot burner, the way you learn to take your hand off the hot burner is pain. And I sort of of think we're going to experience pain in a lot of ways that is a signal to us that we need to make a shift. And my theory about the shift we need to make is... um, we got good at like figuring out how to use fire to cook our foods or how to use electricity or how to like build houses. And now we've gotten super advanced in figuring out how to use technology. I think the next learning is like learning about how human psychology works and what works well for human psychology and what doesn't work well for human psychology. And I think we're, we're in the early stages of figuring that out. But now that we've kind of mastered nature because we've mastered food production or heating our homes or being safe from saber-toothed tigers we've kind of mastered that but now we got to figure out human psychology because like we're kind of fucking it up because we don't understand what humans need so i think we need to learn and i think there's a lot of good clues out there i think the info is we're getting closer and closer to knowing it but then it sort of needs to be disseminated kind of like this parenting thing I think a lot of parents, what I said, which seemed obvious to Gerhar, it's not obvious to a lot of parents. And I think mm-hmm. parents don't aren't doing that with their kids. They're raising fucked up kids that then go and are fucked up adults. 